0: Hallelujah. Alvina McKenna, our Father, our King, Father, we thank you for this day, that this is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, I thank you that for your anointing, Father. I thank you that you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive. I thank you that you speak to each of us individually, as well as your word is going forth, Father, that, Father, that you have the capability, Father, even as that word is going forth, to assimilate it, into the areas of our life where we need to hear from you. And I thank you for it, Father. I thank you for your precious word, Father, that we never take it for granted in Yeshua's name. And we praise you and thank you for all you're doing in all of our lives. Father, you are no respecter of persons, Father. And we thank you for the blessings, Father, in Yeshua's name. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, so we're going on and looking at, again, uh, the rest of the scriptures regarding who we are in Messiah Yeshua as believers in Messiah as his children who have been again grafted into the olive tree of Israel, again all his promises are yes and amen hallelujah to the glory of the Father so here uh, Philippians 2.5 says we have the mind of Mashiach I'm going to read the amplified, let the same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you which was in Messiah Yeshua. Let him be your example in humility. The supreme example of looking out for the interest of others was given by Yeshua's descent from equality with God to die for us. You know, I think it's it's so, you know, it's really so, how can you comprehend such love? I mean, the Father could have at any time you know, from the minute Adam fell, from the minute that he chose Satan over Yahweh, he could have destroyed, you know, everything. It says, hey, forget it. But he didn't because he's a God of covenant. And he cut a covenant later with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he is faithful. But here Yeshua came down from heaven, left his position, is, is again equal with Yahweh, came down from heaven, took on the body of a human, a person, us. And to pay the price for our sins. Though prior to his incarnation, Yeshua, who was called the second Adam, we see that in Romans 5:15 and 18 and 1 Corinthians 15:45 to 49. Again, when the Father created Adam, he was created to be ruler over this earth. He says you, He said he was to rule and reign over this earth. But he again, he's you know, submitted to the lies of the enemy. And gave that position over. And Yeshua came and took back what the enemy stole. Hallelujah. And he uh, goes on to say that he did not consider equality with God something to be possessed by force. You know, he was such a humble, humble man. Here's Yahweh in the flesh, humbling himself to walk among us. You know, I don't think any of us would have the patience that the Father has. You know, It's like he is so patient because of the love he has for his creation. So here the Jewish commentary, complete Jewish commentary, says, unlike the first Adam and unlike Satan, Satan, Yeshua did not consider equality with God something to be possessed by force. Not possessing by force can mean not retaining the equality with the Father, which as the Son of God he already had but more likely it means refraining from seizing what was not yet his, namely rulership over all created beings, including humanity, who, because of sin, required his death on their behalf in order to be eligible to share in that rulership. For this reason, he chose the Father's will over his own. You know, even when he was facing the most horrible death, he says, not my will, but your will be done. You know, and that needs to be our attitude too—to submit ourselves totally to the will of the Father. For this reason, again, He chose the Father's will, quoting Psalm 40, verse 9, accepting the path of obedience and suffering for the sake of the promised reward. The pre-existence of Messiah was a familiar concept in Rabbinic Judaism. And uh, Perke Avot, the sayings of the Fathers they even said, in the, in, even before creation. Messiah was there. Messiah was already uh, there. So that it was unnecessary to resort to the idea that Shul is drawing on pagan notions of a heavenly man who descended and carried through a mission of redemption for mankind. You know, I see this happening all the time with people that are new to uh, walking uh, in the messianic lifestyle. They get online and all of a sudden everything's pagan. You know, your door's pagan, this is pagan, that's pagan. You know, oh, Yeshua, that's, that was a pagan concept that Saul stole from. No, it wasn't. Because if you look at the rabbinic writings, they always believed that in the pre-existence of Messiah. What they struggled with was Yeshua's claim that he was equal with God. That's what they struggled with. And it caused them to stumble. Again, more problematically for Judaism, the Messiah's equality with God. Uh, Because he was obedient even to death, Yeshua was rewarded with exaltation after humiliation. God has raised him to the highest place at his right hand. Again, the right hand is always a symbol of power and authority, where he shares honor, glory, and power with the Father. Also, God has given him the name that is the character and authority above every name. Shaul reveals the extraordinary fact that this name above every name is Adonai. He states, moreover, that the day is coming when every tongue will acknowledge it angelic in heaven, human on earth, and demonic under the earth, that Yeshua is Yahweh, that he is Lord. Yeshua the Messiah is Adonai in the Greek, that's Kyrios. As explained in Matthew one twenty, the Greek word kurios can mean anything from the touch or grammaton vav which is the personal name for God, which the Jewish people render as Adonai, as in respect for God's name, to Lord in the sense of God as universal ruler. Again, you know, there's people that will say, oh, well, the Jewish people are trying to hide God's name. No, they have a high respect for, for the name of God, and they don't want to misuse it you know, they'll say, well, they, you know, they're hiding it. No, it's not. <coughs> Look in the Hebrew. It's there. yud Vavhe, Elohim. It's all over in the Hebrew. They just choose to honor the Father's name by using either Adonai or um, the ultra-Orthodox will use Hashem, which means the name. <coughs> Again, in a sense, but in what sense is Yeshua Adonai? It is not that the Father is Yeshua, nor does Yeshua exhaust the, exhaust the full meaning of Yahweh, but that there is some intimate identity or unity or union between the Father and the Son. Again, they are one. We see that in Yolkanah, one. You, Father, pray for us. Let them be one as we are one. You know, they are one in authority and in power. You know, again, the, that's the mystery. You know, what the ch- church calls the Trinity, what we call the unity, the Echad of Yahweh, that he is one. This is uh, Andrew Gabriel Roth, Philippians 2.6, who existed in the very form of Elohim, thought it not robbery to be equal with Elohim. The Aramaic uh, clearly says it is not blasphemous to grab this truth. In reality, the divine component of Mashiach must be understood in the context of the Tanakh. Paul is not robbing anything from the truth which was in place long before his arrival. He declares the truth which is from the very beginning. By the revelation given to him and diligent study of the Tanakh, Paul knows well that Mashiach is the co-equal of Elohim, a very Torah-based concept. The issue shifts to it if Yahweh could do this, but would he do this? And obviously, yes, Aramaic and Greek both say that Yeshua came in the image and appearance of the sons of men. This is a key point, as it shows that Mashiach appears as a man. He is not holy like other men in all respects. Number one, he was out, without sin. He was born without sin. Why? Because his father was Yahweh. That sinful nature didn't pass through into him. However, he still had the free will to to obey or not to obey, but he chose complete obedience to Yahweh. Again, it's just, you know, it's, it just boggles your mind how much the Father loves us. Again, he humbled himself and became obedient up to the point of death, the death of the stake. Again, if you read about um, what it was like to die, uh, be crucified, it was the most horrible death there, there could be. If you were beheaded, that was merciful. I mean, that was you know instant. In fact, if you were a citizen of Rome and you were um, given the death penalty, You were beheaded, which was considered merciful compared to being suffocated on a stake. I mean, Yeshua was beat to a pulp. It says in Isaiah, he didn't even look like a man anymore. When they beat him, they beat him with a a whip that had chunks of, of iron and metal that ripped his flesh apart. You know, when he was crucified, the crucifixion, there's an article of this doctor who talked about the crucifixion, what actually happened to the body during the crucifixion. Again, you slowly suffocated to death. That's why they kept on trying to pull themselves up so they can grasp some air. It was a very slow and torturous death. But when Yeshua died, he gave up his spirit. He gave it up. He says, it is finished. And I think Andrew Gabriel Ross says in the Aramaic, he says, for, you know, when, he, when he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He says in the Aramaic, he says, you know, my God, my God, for this I was, brought, I was brought here for this purpose. And also when he, we cro- uh, quoted my God, my God, why well, have you forsaken me? I believe he was quoting uh, Psalm 27, because even just quoting one verse, they understood that, okay, the context of the whole verse in itself. Isaiah 53, 12, because of this I will divide to him with the great, and with the strong he shall divide the spoil, because he poured out his soul to death. He was counted with those transgressing, and he bore the sin of many and made transgression for transgressors. Also, when they were crucified, they were crucified naked. The the pictures you have out of respect for Yeshua, he's covered, but they were crucified naked. So again, on top of the torture, the humiliation as well. I'm going to skip, I'm not going to read through all of these notes. Um, Again, you have them. And Zechariah uh, talks about here, he talks about the usage of et, which is Aleph Tav, as in Genesis 1-1, Bereshit Bara Elohim, HaShamayim, Et Ha'aretz. In the beginning, Elohim created et, the heavens and the earth. The keyword word et acts as a direct object pointer. Its purpose is to point to the part of the sentence that receives the action from the object pointer that receives the action from another. In this case, the heaven and earth receive the action of their creator from Yahweh. This is such a basic and consistent rule that in every other place, the et appears, the direct object is always pointing to the phrase after it has, as the receptor. Again, you'll see the aleph tav pointing to, again, the object. In Zechariah's case, the placement of et leaves no doubt that it is Yahweh receiving the action of the piercing and yet they mourned for him, Mashiach, as an only son. The fact alone clearly proves that Yahweh is somehow pierced, yet he does not die, but it also shows that his son does. But then if the son can die, how is he equal with Yahweh, who can never die? The answer lies in understanding the difference between equal in Aramaic and English. When we say equal, we mean in a sense of equivalence, such as 2 plus 2 equals 4. However, to say equal with Yahweh in this context does not mean identical, but of the same substance as Elohim. Water and ice have the same substance, but they are not identical. Neither does each one do the exact thing of the other. Mashiach is made up of the same divine nature as Yahweh, but is given a subservient function by the very nature of the fact that he had become human. That is why he can say, "I am nothing without my Father," because without the divine component, component he is just another man. This, of course, brings us back to Paul's description of Yeshua having the likeness of men and was found in fashion as a man. So again, this is you know the mystery. He was 100 percent man. He was a human, but he was also Yahweh in the flesh. But he laid aside that why so he could take on the sin. You know, undo what Adam did. And hallelujah, thank the Father that he did that. So I'm going to skip some of these. uh, uh, I just want to focus on the scriptures. Again, you could look at the uh, Hebrew meanings of some of these words. Here we have the key word, inheritance. Again, this is who we are. This is, again, our covenant with Yeshua. It's not for somebody else, it's for each and every one of us. This is what the Word of God says about us. And this is one of the most important things you need to take a hold of, especially as you are studying the Torah, that you are walking in the Torah as a new creation in Messiah Yeshua. You are walking in the Torah as one who has been redeemed. Hallelujah, you are walking in the Torah as the one who is receiving the blessings of Yahweh, Deuteronomy 28, 1-14, who's been redeemed from the curse, hallelujah, from the curses of not being obedient to the word. Yeshua paid that price. So we've obtained an inheritance, Ephesians 1:11, uh, the tree of life. In him, we also were chosen, predestined according to his plan. He keeps working out all things according to the purpose of his will. Now I like that Hebrew word they use in the, in the Psalms, selah. Pause and think about that. We were chosen, predestined according to his plan. Every single one of us, if we look back on our lives before Messiah, if it wasn't for his grace and mercy, we should be dead. I know I should. You know, it's like, I know Mr. Scott should. You know, it was God's grace and mercy. Why? Because he chose us. He chose us, number one, to be somebody in our family who can intercede for our family. He chose us so we can reach, so we can reach those who are like us. That's why we can never become arrogant regarding others who are, who are in sin. Why? Because so are we. Again, if it wasn't for the God's mercy and grace, you know, we would have been lost. But he has a plan and a purpose for us. He chose us. He predestined us. The gifts that you have in you, he has predestined for you to use. You need to stir up those gifts within you. Stop allowing the enemy set well, I can't, I don't have time, no, I can't do that. Yes, you can, because he put those gifts within you. And that's what the Ruach's really been you know, stirring, and this is one of the things I'm going to be talking about at the Women's Conference with Women in Ministry, is that we need to stop wanting to be like somebody else. We need to be who God's created. Because sometimes we look at a ministry and we look at how successful they are. We think, well, if I do what they're doing and if I act like they're doing, then I'll be blessed. No, you won't. Because that's not your anointing. That's not your call. You need to walk in your anointing and your call and then you'll be blessed no matter what it looks like. We've got a you know a job to do, brothers and sisters. Otherwise, you know what? It's better to be in heaven than it is down here. But we've got work to do. We need to intercede for our families. We need to reach the lost for Messiah. We need to disciple people. And in Messiah Yeshua, we can. Again, an inheritance Moshe Ben Mayer uh, called attention to an uncommon Hebrew word for the important concept of inheritance, morashah. In the two places where it appears in the Tanakh, Deuteronomy 33, 4, Moshe commanded us a Torah, the inheritance of the congregation of Israel. And Exodus 6:8, I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, and I will give it to you as an inheritance. I am Adonai. You know, it's a greater inheritance than anybody in our families could ever leave us. It's an eternal inheritance. We have something to look forward to. We have access by one ruach unto the Father. I'm going to read the Amplified uh, again, uh, Hebrews four eighteen, actually four sixteen. Let us fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace in, to help in good time for every need, appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. Again, back in the time of Israel, no, you couldn't just walk into the, into the uh, Holy of Holies. Only the high priest one time a year can go into the Holy of Holies, and that was Yom Kippur. Or he received atonement for the nation. But now through Messiah, we can come boldly to the throne. We can in prayer we can come before the throne. We can talk to the Father. We can you know pour out our heart to the Father. And it says He is there again because of Yeshua, we can confidently draw near to the throne of grace. Ephesians 2:18, Tree of Life, for through him we both have access to the Father by the same Ruach. Because Yeshua did not sin, he passed through Sheol or Hades and such other places as the house of the dead and demonic beings, again its abyss, and he passed through to the highest heaven, God's abode, where he had been before. Because we are his, united with him, we can follow him, and with him we can confidently approach the throne which God gives grace. There may be an implied contrast with the mercy seat of the tabernacle and temple here on earth, which only the Levitical, again, high priest could approach. And many Jewish people feel distant from God. You know, why? Because if, if you are not born again, you don't have that intimate relationship. You know, they feel the only, because it was only the sacrificial system that allowed you to, you know, to uh, come before, before Yahweh. But Yeshua is our eternal sacrifice for our sins. Hallelujah. We can boldly, again, because of what he did. Again, he wasn't put to death because he sinned. He was put to death for our sins. Just take a picture of yourself and put it there on on the cross, and that's who God saw. He saw Yeshua taking your place, and justice was done as far as God was concerned for those who put their faith in Messiah Yeshua. We we overcome the world. First John five four. You know, doesn't matter what the news says, doesn't matter what CBS, NBC, ABC, or whatever, any of those others. It says that we, for everyone born of God, overcomes the world. And the victory that has overcome the world is this: our faith. In fact, we talked about this last week. I didn't record, it, but our imuna, our trust in Him. You know, again, they're talking about you know food shortage baby formulas shortage and you know a lot of it they believe is being manipulated you know to cause this you know shortage but you know if god God can cause manna to come down in the wilderness for his people he can do it for us he can cause our food to stretch he can you know help you know give us favor and define what we need if god can do it then he can do it now you know if it was true that he can bring manna in the wilderness and feed his people and keep them healthy and strong in the wilderness, how much more is it true that he can do for us today? <laughs> yes, amen. Clothes and shoes and that never him. wear out. Yeah. <laughs> John six forty-seven uh, to 51. Truly, truly, I say to you, now when you see truly, truly, what he, Yeshua is saying, this is absolute truth, absolute truth. I say to you, the one believing into me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. You know, it's just like those dreams I had, where I saw people were coming out of the field with sheaves of wheat in their in their hands, representing again the bread of life. Our bread, our life is the word of God. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and died. This is the bread coming down out of heaven that anyone may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And indeed, the bread which I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The bread that I will give is my own flesh. Again, this is an an idiom, and it's a very strong idiom that people took great offense to regarding that they had to eat his flesh and drink his blood. That was just like, how can you say something like that? The bread that I will give is my own flesh, and I give it for the life of the world. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life in you. Because of what Yeshua said here, the grumbling quickly became disputing. Then a hard word they couldn't bear to listen to. And finally, an ins- insuperable barrier for many of his Talmudim, not merely as casual hearers who turned back and no longer traveled with him. Because they got offended at that one thing, they walked away from him. You know, that's the biggest thing today is people getting offended and walking away from God because God didn't do what they thought he should do for them. He, you, know, he didn't, his, you know, he didn't say, tell them what they wanted to hear. You know, God will always speak the truth to us. You know, how sad is that? Because he had, again, there was, he had the inner circle, but there was many more that were his disciples, many more that he had the blessing to walk with them, yet because they couldn't handle what he said, they walked away from him. Rabbi Takuma said, in the name of Rabbi ben Rabbi Shamul, Ben Nachman, when the rabbis are quoting everybody, they quote every single person down the line. And Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi said, in the name of Rabbi Shamul, all reference to eating and drinking in the book of uh, Keholet Ecclesiastics, signified Torah and good works. Rabbi Jonah said, the clearest proof for this is Ecclesiastics 8.15. A man has no better thing under the sun than to eat, drink, and be merry, and that this should accompany him in his labor. The word for his labor is amalo, but it should be read olamo, his world. That is, in this world. There's, again, there's saying the olam haba is this world, the olam hase is the world to come. But it should be read again, olama. The verse continues, all the days of his life, and that alludes to the grave. So are there food and drink in the grave that accompany a person to the grave? Of course not. Therefore, food and drink must mean Torah and good works. The point is that Jewish understanding allows for symbolic interpretation for food and drink. Again, Yeshua wasn't literally saying, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Yeah, he was giving a symbolic interpretation. And I believe it was a test too. You know, okay, let's see if who who can deal with this. And we see that many of them walked away with him. And so the same Messiah, we don't understand that. Please explain it to us so we could understand. For sure the inner circle did, because they were always saying, Well, explain, explain this, this parable to us. Explain what do you mean? But the rest didn't bother for an explanation. They just became offended. Again, to eat the flesh of the Son of Man is to absorb his entire way of being and living. The, work, the Greek word sarx, or flesh, is also used to refer to human nature in general, to the physical, emotional, mental, and volitional aspects of human existence. Yeshua wants us to live, feel, think, and act like him. By the power of the Rock HaKodesh, he enables us to do so. Likewise to drink his blood is to absorb his self-sacrificing life, motivation, and indeed his very life since the life of the flesh is in the blood, Leviticus 17:11. Literally it is your DNA. everything about your your DNA you know they can, scientists can take your DNA and rebuild the whole you know who you figure out who you are where you came from. you know to me it's like how can you not believe God when you see this wonder? You know, the DNA strand that just maps out everything about you, can map out your ancestry, and you think that this just happened by accident? You know, it's like, to me, it's like, I love studying, again, uh, medical science. You know, we covered some of that in the healing classes and how awesome we are made. We're not a mistake. You know, every part of our body is a miracle, how it functions, you know, and this body cannot exist without our spirit. The minute our spirit goes, the body has no reason to hang, to be here. It just decays into the ground until the resurrection. I mean, once, sometimes I think we, you know, we need to really think again, pause and think about that. The word says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, again, I can't understand how doctors can see this wonder and hear, see miraculous healings and still not believe in God. You know, because it's all about science to them. To me, it's like, wow, look at creation. It's just like how how a flower blooms. I mean, I'm in awe of that. I just like... You know, as a kid, I used to lay in the grass. Did you ever do that? And look and look through the grass and watch all the ants and bugs and the little world that was going on <laughs> under your feet. And I think, wow, God. Right. To fear, but they fear. Right. I mean, it's just I was just reading um, the, some of the scriptures about uh, heaven and Revelation. You know, <clears throat> of what the Father has for us and the beauty. You know, uh, again, God spared no expense when it comes to heaven. Streets are made of clear gold. The pillars are again solid pearls. With named of the twelve, the gates are the twelve tribes of Israel. Diamonds, rubies—I mean, can you imagine? I would love to have just a five-second glimpse. You know, (laughs) it's just like—and I don't think any artist can really give. You know, it's the total uh, picture of what it looks like. Philippians 4, 7, a complete Jewish Bible, and God's shalom, passing all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds safe in union with the Messiah Yeshua. You know, I know, I don't, I'm sure you too, that even through all this chaos we've been living through the past two years, I know God has kept us in perfect peace. You know, he says he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you. Why we know greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. That even through the storms, we can walk in that peace and that shalom. And that's what the enemy wants to rob from us. Why? Because if he can steal our shalom, then what's the other? Fear, anxiety, everything that will cause your body to shut down. To bring and make you more vulnerable to sickness. We need to allow, how does that shalom come? By meditating on his word. Hallelujah. He said that we would receive power. In the Greek that is the word dunamis. Power is like the power of dynamite. Dynamite power. The power of the Ruach HaKodesh. Power to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Power to cast out demons. Power over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt us. Again, we see that in Mark sixteen, sixteen to 17. I'm going to again read the Amplified. He who believes, who adheres to and trusts in and relies on the gospel or the besorah and him who sets it forth and is baptized will be saved from the penalty of eternal death. But he who does not believe, who does not adhere to and trust in and rely on the gospel or besorah and him whom it sets forth will be condemned. And these attesting signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new languages. They will pick up serpents. And even if they drink and lead anything deadly, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will get well. Again, this last verse has been misused and abused. There's churches down south that they practice handling snakes based on that scripture. There's, you know, again, it doesn't mean you can go drink a bottle of Drano and it's not going to hurt you. It's talking about the enemy trying to hurt you, the enemy trying to poison you, the enemy trying to, again, attack you. He says it will not hurt you if you are walking with me, walking in me. Again, the scripture can be so easily, you know, misconstrued and taken out of context. You know, thank God that, you know, even if we maybe eat something that we didn't realize was, you know, maybe uh, past its using date, <laughs> God protects us. Hallelujah. Well, let's go to, uh, let's see. Okay, Luke ten seventeen to 19. I'm going to read Tree of Life. Then the 70 returns. So these 70 Again, besides the inner circle, the uh, the additional Talmudim disciples that were following Yeshua, and he was training, and all the number 70 always refers to the nations as well, the number 70. Uh, Master, even the demons submit to us in your name. And Yeshua said to them, I was watching Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will harm you. Again, we have power over the enemy. We have authority over him when he tries to attack our life. We have, and one of the biggest things, and I, this is the biggest thing that is hitting the body of Messiah, and I know we've dealt with it too, is the spirit of strife. We need to keep out of strife. Strife is deadly. It'll open the door. It says that with strife comes every evil work. You know, and the enemy will try to do it, he tries to do it in marriages or even among friends. It's like, no, I'm not going to get into strife. I'm not going to fight over this. I'm not gonna, and I've heard, and God will always confirm things, and I've heard, again, it's said from several different ministers, it's like, yeah, the spirit of tr- strife is trying to infiltrate homes, trying to infiltrate the body, and we need to stand against it. We have authority. The, only, the enemy can only do what we allow him to do. We have authority if we believe that what Yeshua is saying is true. And he goes on to quote, I think, let me see if I pass that scripture up. He said that, um, uh, okay, I don't have it. but he also told them, you know, not just to rejoice over that authority over the enemy, but to rejoice that their name is written in heaven. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. So the word of Elohim says we live by and in the law, the Torah of the Ruach of life in Mashiach Yeshua. Romans 8, 2. Um, where we read amplified For the law of the spirit of life, which is in Messiah Yeshua, the law of our new being has freed us from the law of sin and death. That's the law we've been freed from, not God's teachings and instructions as teachings and instructions are life they're a blessing we've been redeemed from the curse of the law we've been redeemed from the law of sin and death but not redeemed from his torah's teachings and instructions because that's what law means bringing it back to the hebrew torah teachings and instructions so again as you're as you're reading the scriptures Um, Again, for the law, the Torah, the teachings and instructions of the Spirit of life and Messiah Yeshua, has freed us from the law, again, referring to the sinful nature of sin and death. Torah of the Spirit, Torah of sin and death, what are these two? Here is the wrong answer. Yeshua gave a good Torah of the Spirit, which produces life, in contrast with the bad Mosaic law that produces only sin and death. Again, you see that taught. You know, well, in the Tanakh, you know, God was very strict and mean and angry. But now in the New Testament, you know, he's all loving. Well, God has always been loving. You know, he's always been, again, the Torah has always been for the good of God's people. To protect them, to bless them, to keep them set apart from the things of the world, from the paganism. It was a blessing, and the blessings came, read Deuteronomy 28. They were, if they walked in obedience to God... He says, everything their handset to do would be prospered. They'd be the head, not the tail, above, not beneath. Their crop would be blessed. Their um, livestock would be blessed. They'd be blessed with children. They'd be blessed, 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 blessed. (laughs) You know, we walk in obedience. But he gave the other side of the coin. However, if you choose to disobey, if you choose to walk with Hasatan instead, well, this is what's going to happen. Again, God put it out in black and white. You know, he didn't hide anything from us. Walk with me and I'm going to bless you. Turn your back on me and you're going to open the doors for the enemy to work in your life. Hallelujah. We choose the blessing. We walk in Messiah Yeshua. uh, Yeshua, sorry, Colossians 2.6. Therefore, as you received Messiah Yeshua as Lord, so continue to walk in him. So there's a continual walk that's called halakha the way to walk, the way to walk out the Torah, the way to walk out the word. Again, every day we're continually walking in him. You know, Father, what do you want me to do today? What is my assignment today? Continually walking in relationship with him by spending time in the word and spending time in prayer and, you know, being obedient to him. The word says that we can do all things in Mashiach Yeshua. Philippians 4.13. Again, I'm going to read the Amplified. I have strength for all things in Messiah who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Messiah's sufficiency. You know, I'm doing things that I never thought I would be able to do or would be doing. We can't limit God in our life. You know, just like Letitia said, I was. You know, I worked for a big five, uh, Fortune 500 insurance company. They were worldwide. You know, and again, I never looked to be promoted. I just did my job. You know, and if they needed help, you know, I helped them. If I could do something, I would do. It. I would go above and beyond what my job description was. And because of that, I was put into management and made team leader. I wasn't seeking after it. You know, I wasn't. It's like you know. Wow Lord, I'd be sitting in these big meetings with all these stone faced executives and thinking what was that rules of conduct and everything? Oh them yeah, I, I put a department manual together right. for them, you know. The more they saw I can do the more, the more I was given to do. But you know what? The money came with it, you know, but again it's like and there was a, t- you know, and I, he always showed me in my spirit when something was going on, if I was going to be laid off or something. And when I was at Marsh, you know, I was again a team leader and I was always in on the management com- meetings and all of a sudden I wasn't in on them. I said, you know, something's going on here. And sure enough, they, they, they ended up uh, moving the department out of state. And I told the other people, I says, something's going on. I says, you know what? I So I already started looking for another job. <laughs> but God always took care of me. He always provided the next job. And even with ministry, and I look at it and I say, you know, Father, it's a miracle in our salary that we're actually surviving yep. and thriving. Yep. You know, because I look at, you know, what our income in the natural, and it's like this is, but he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. He is working behind the scenes. He is making provision. He is giving us favor. He is giving all we need according to His riches and glory, in Messiah Yeshua. as long as you are walking with him as long as you are doing God's business, He will take care of your business. And I have found this true time and time again. Are we going to have battles? Oh yeah, I've been through we've been through some intense battles this past year. I'm talking about spiritual battles, you know, trying to get us to let go of that vision. I says, I ain't letting go. I haven't hung on to this vision for almost 50 years to let go now. It's like I'm too spiritually stubborn. I ain't letting go because I know God's word is true and he has a work for us to do. Again, with the school, everything, it's like writing. I never thought in a million years because I always thought myself as somebody who couldn't do it. You know, I always thought myself as an underachiever, you know. So you know what? Don't doubt what you can do in Messiah. Because when you give him even that little talent, he's going to multiply it. If you're not using that talent, guess what? It's going to shrivel and shrivel up and go away. But as you use your talents, your gifts, he multiplies them. He gives. You, he gives you even more. You know, Ivan um, in your business, Ed, Bertha, Letitia, um, Saul, Kenny. We cannot limit God in our lives. He is there to again. Give us what we need in our jobs. Give us the revelation, the wisdom. I know so many times in my job, I'd be sitting at my desk, you know, like stuck. It's like, you know, Father, I don't know what to do here. I don't know how to handle this. And I would just wait on him, and all of a sudden, the answer would be there. He gave me the answer. Boom, it worked out. It's like, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. (laughs) I'm going into panic mode. But he's there. He's working right within us. We can't limit him. You know, it's like, I don't, you know, yes, can sometimes I be discouraged? Yeah, but then I go back and I look at all he has done in the past, all how he has supernaturally provided, how he's healed. Again, that's why I say write things down. Whatever the Father does for you, write it down. The Bible calls it a book of remembrance. So when the enemy comes and tries to lie to you and say, oh, he's not going to do that for you. He's not going to do that for you. Oh, yeah, well, he did this and this and this and this. Yeah, it doesn't have a limit. Well, I'm sorry, you know you got 10 favors, that's it. You don't have any more. His blessings are unlimited yeah, as long as we are, we are walking with him. What?. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Thank yeah, God he's not limited to what, with what we him, do. You're walking. With him. Amen. And this is a mind-blower here. Yeshua said, "Even greater works Amen. we will do, because he is going to be with the Father. How many want to do that greater works? Amen. I do. I want to see people healed, set free, delivered. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather go minister to the people on the streets than the people who have all the riches and money and think they don't need God. Yeah. Well, I'm a good person. Look at how wealthy I am. Look at how successful I am. Good I don't have any everyone. needs. You know, I'd rather go to the, you know, treat, minister to people who, who know what it's like to struggle, who have been through some things. They are hungry for the word. And when they get saved, they are hungry and appreciative to the Father. Not that rich can't be people be saved, but Yeshua said it's harder for a rich man. Why? Because they trust in their riches because they're self-made men. You know, they're so rich and prosperous. Well, you know what? The stock market crash in 20 showed how quick your riches can go away. Boom, they could be gone in a moment. But we have eternal riches. And I'm looking, again, for, um, again, that's why I want to, I'm, we're going to be doing this study in numbers, and we're going to see, see how God supernaturally provided. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. How we're to function as a congregation, what to watch out for as a congregation, how we learn from the mistakes so that we don't make those mistakes. I mean, it's filled with a wealth of information of how we are to walk so we can, again, disciple people. And discipleship, it's a lost art. It's in in the body of Messiah. That's why we are so strong on discipleship, even if it means giving away the classes for free. Because we care about people growing in Messiah, not about the money. And you know what? God will provide. Hallelujah. Again, John 14, 12. uh, Tree of life. Amen, amen. Again, this is absolute truth. I tell you, he who puts his trust in me... The works that I do, he will do. And greater than these, he will do because I am going to the Father. That's the word of Messiah. And again, how do we walk in it? By being totally sold out to him. Stop making excuses. Keeping him first in our life. Again, taking hold of that anointing, those gifts within us. God he has a job for every single one of us to do and he is giving us everything we need that pertains to life and godliness. Because we are in Messiah and he is in us. Think about that. We're sandwiched. He's in us. We're in him. He and the Father are one. We can't be on a greater team than that. We've got the Ruach HaKodesh, the Spirit of God within us, working with us, anointing us, giving us solutions to our problems, showing us how to pray when we don't know how to pray. And there's so many times when, a lot of times we'll start out in prayer and it'll be like kind of a little kind of a little dry at first, until you start getting into the Spirit, until you start praying in the Spirit. And all of a sudden, the Ruach starts giving you what to pray about, who to pray for. Again, that's what's talking about connecting, walking. Why? Because the Spirit knows what the needs are. We need to stay connected in that. So again, what are the greater works? The Aramaic, amen, amen. I say to you that whoever believes in me, these works that I do, he will do also, And more than these he will do because I go to the Father because the power of Yeshua will be duplicated in the lives of believers. Thus more greater works will be accomplished in his name because of the number of Talmudim will increase. Getting close to the end here. The word of Elohim says I possess. Again, the greater one in us. That's why it's so important to confess the word. You know, it's like greater is, you know, when I start feeling like down or like, I can't, you know, I'm just kind of drained. You know the enemy's attacking. Mean, he always attacks you when you're at your 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 weakest point, just like Yeshua. when did he attack Yeshua? When he was his equal, uh, weakest point of his fasting, he attacks him. I said, so the enemy will try to attack us at our weakest point. That's why we, when we need to start saying what the word says. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the word. You know, the more you speak the word, the more it's just going to come out of your spirit when you need it. That word is just going to come out. Tree of life. You are from God, children, and you have overcome them, who the enemy, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Hallelujah. No matter what's going on in this world, we have the greater one living within us. The word of Elohim says that we press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of Elohim. Philippians 3.14, Tree of Life. I press on toward the goal for the reward of the upward calling of God in Messiah Yeshua. Again, we are called to go completely, it's called Aliyah, going upward. Whenever you go to Israel, you don't go down to Israel, you go up to Jerusalem. When people move to Jerusalem, it's called, they made Aliyah, they go up to Jerusalem. We are to continually walk in that upward calling. We are continually to be going up, up, up in our calling with the Father. Again, uh, <clears throat> David Stern, So that somehow I might arrive at being resurrected from the dead. Sounds as if Shaul were not sure. There is an apparent conflict with the certainty of 1 Yocanon 5.11, God has given us eternal life. The common factor here is that a believer cannot rest on his laurels. This is pride and lack of humility. He must keep pursuing. Again, it's a continual pursuit, a continual walk. The goal, where Shaul uses the same imagery of running a race, or as Yocanon puts it, he must keep trusting in the person and power of the Son of God and you know, daily keeping our eyes and focus on him not hot one day and cold the other continually walking in him and as you're again as long as you are serving god yes you are eternally secure as long as you are walking in his word and you are being obedient to him and you are serving him and you are loving you know i know you i don't want out i don't ever want to leave him i you know so you don't have to be concerned it's those that think that they can live in the world And, you know, go to church on Sunday and be in the world the rest of the week. You know, okay, well, I paid my dues. Or it's Christmas and Easter. Okay, I'll show up. You know, even the mafia shows up on Christmas and Easter. You know, now I can go out and kill some people because I've showed up. I did my dues. No, that, that doesn't work with God. You have to walk daily with him. And if you're truly his son and daughter, of course you want to. Every day walk with him. Every day spend time with him. Every day serve him. We always triumph in Mashiach, tree of life. But thanks be to God, who in Messiah always leads us in a triumphal procession and through us reveals everywhere the aroma of the knowledge of himself. Have you ever been in prayer and all of a sudden smelt smelled something, a beautiful, like kind of like a flowery smell? That's the aroma and presence of God. And I'll be like, where's that coming from? <laughs> <laughs> you know but it's just a beautiful again his aroma there's again you have an aroma about you with the spirit of yahweh and you people know there's something different about you before i was you know born again actually i knew the lord as a child you know but straight away but when i rededicated my life to him you know and i knew that there was something different in the people who witnessed to me i saw it in them i sensed it into them I'd walk into a Bible bookstore, and I sensed something. I felt something. That was the presence, the ruach of the Father. So again, you have a scent about you. You have a beautiful scent and presence about you that you don't even realize. Hallelujah. Psalm 47, for the Lord Most High is terrible. He is a great king over all the earth. He shall subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. He shall choose our inheritance for us, the excellency of Yaakov, whom he loves. Selah means pause and think about that. God is gone out with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises unto our king. Sing praises, for God is the king of all the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding, God reigneth over the heathen. God sitteth upon the throne of his holiness. The princes of the people are gathered together, even the people of God of Abraham, for the shields of the earth belong unto God. He is greatly exalted. Then First Peter says that we show forth his praises. First Peter 2.9, again, getting close to the end here, so hang in there. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Again, study the priesthood. this is when I got the revelation of what Paul was talking about in Ephesians 6. In the the church, the traditional church, they teach that it's what? The armor of a Roman soldier. But as you study the Torah and you study the garments of the priesthood, you see the garments that Paul is referring to. You know, maybe, you know, he was, you know, using the example of a Roman for, you know, the Gentiles, but I don't think so. Because if you, you can match the garments of the priesthood with the garments that are spoken of in Ephesians 6. I did a whole teaching on that. Again, we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. What is it, a holy nation? Israel. We are a part of Israel, a people for God's own possession, so that we may proclaim the praises of the one who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. I know when I got born again, it was like a light went on. You know, I was like, I remember a a weekend after, I went into a bar just to see some friends, and I sat there and I was like, I saw what I never saw before, the darkness. When you're in darkness, you don't notice the darkness. You find comfort in darkness. But when you're walking in the light, and I walked in there, I was like, I don't belong here anymore, what am I doing here? I did some witnessing and left. Left. You know, I I, I witnessed all my unsaved friends, they thought I was off my rocker. I said, I don't really care. You know, I know who I belong to. I'm not Hallelujah. So again, we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation. Hallelujah. Belonging to God. Psalm 150. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness praise him with the sound of trumpet praise him with psaltery and harp praise him with the timbrel and dance praise him with the string instruments and organs praise him with the loud cymbals praise him with the high sounding cymbals let everything that hath breath praise the lord praise ye the lord and the very last is that we our life is hidden with mashiach colossians 3 3 for you have died and your life is hidden with Messiah in God. Hallelujah. We are hidden in him. The enemy cannot touch us. He can try to threaten us. He can lie to us, but he can't touch us. Hallelujah. Elvino our Father, our King Father, I just thank you.